Down to Business on News Talk. Sponsored by Bank of Ireland. We understand business. Choose the bank that's here to help you rise to today's business challenges and tomorrow's. Now, I haven't spoken to the economist Dan O'Brien about the state of, a, of the economy in a while. So as the budget approaches and there's talk of a big rebound, but there's also talk of inflation and many other issues, I was very keen to catch up with him. Good morning to you, Dan. How are you? Good morning, Bobby. Very good, thanks. Now, Dan, um, just to put, I suppose, the the uh, economics of our nation in context, we've, we've had a stronger than expected, uh, but patchy recovery. We'll talk about that in a second. We've seen the... the the adaptability of people and businesses has been very positive but there's a couple of things on the horizon that we need to be very mindful of and I think you're going to be telling us in uh, tomorrow's uh, business post that bankruptcies could be our biggest threat. Yeah, I, that, that's the one that worries me most, uh, Bobby, going forward. That, that there, are, there are things that are positive uh, about the state of the economy which could mean things will be okay or quite quite strong recovery, but there are other things that are are worrying. And perhaps the biggest worry is uh, a, a a a backlog of bankruptcies. So what what do we see? The world economy has gone through by far its biggest contraction on record uh, since the pandemic. Usually, when you get an economic contraction, you get more companies going out of business. That stands to reason. Uh, bad economic trading times means more companies that are close to the edge or marginally profitable, become unprofitable and go out of business. Now, what do we see across the world where figures are available? We see an extraordinary thing has happened over the past 18 months. The number of companies just winding up has actually fallen. Now, that is a really unusual trend to see in a big economic contraction. So there are a number of reasons for that. One is because governments have supported businesses so much during the pandemic. What does that mean? That means that you've got companies that would have gone out of business if the pandemic had never happened, that have stayed in business and taken the subsidies, but those businesses are likely to wind up once the subsidies are taken away. You put on top of that the businesses in the hospitality sector, in the transport sector, in the entertainment sector, which, you know, realistically, not all businesses are going to survive. COVID's not going away to the point where everyone's going to behave as they did, you know, in 2019 and before. So we're going to get a backlog of bankruptcies uh, among businesses that would have gone out of business over the past 18 months anyway, plus companies in the sectors most affected by COVID are going to be hit once subsidies are taken away. So okay. my big concern is that we're going to get this sort of tsunami of bankruptcies coming and that that is going to affect how the economy functions, obviously, and also will push up unemployment. So that will be my biggest concern uh, over the, the sort of short to medium term. Yeah, and I suppose the danger of that is it's very hard to, I suppose, evaluate, you know, who's going to go and who's going to stay on the basis that it's very difficult for the government to provide support in the blanket way that they did, Dan. Ultimately, you can get a scenario where, you know, the government ends up supporting businesses that could have survived anyway. Well, that's, you know, exactly. But, you know, I suppose when when this hit... Speed was of the essence, and it was inevitable that money was going to be wasted and it was going to go to the wrong places, whether it was dud PPE uh, gear or subsidizing companies that would have survived anyway, or subsidizing companies that were just going to, uh, just about to go out of business for non-pandemic related issues. You know, in an emergency, the governments did the right thing instead. 
stepping in and trying to protect as many businesses as possible. But of course, that comes with the sort of downsides you're talking about. And, you know, that's that's going to wash out. And as I say, you know, th- th- there is okay. a risk that we're going to get a big uptick in, in, in companies going out of business. Let's talk about government spending, because, uh, again, I think, you know, there's there's pandemic spending and then there's separate to that government spending. But it appears, it certainly appears that the Irish state, uh, I think you'll be telling us, has been increasing spending between twice and three times faster than our European colleagues. That's a, an alarming statistic. It is, and it's 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 concerning. Uh, there's no doubt, as I say, the government was actually absolutely right to step in. You know, the role of a state in an emergency is to step in and, and act as as an organizer when there is an emergency, as we had last year. But there really are questions now as to why the level of expenditure in Ireland rose so much faster than almost every other European country. Uh, was it pandemic-related, or was it the habit of the Irish political class to use any excuse to ramp up spending um, to, in the hope of buying votes? So I think there are real questions now that are going to have to be answered as we face the budget, uh, and we look out beyond the pandemic. You know, a government that is already highly indebted rapidly ramps up spending and is continuing to do so. Is that affordable? And let's just remember... This is all based on the European Central Bank printing money. We don't control when that stops. And when the European Central Bank decides the pandemic emergency measures are going to have to be wound down, what is that going to mean for governments that are highly in debt and have very big deficits to close? So big concern around around that piece uh, in the future. Okay. What about the labour market, Dan? Um, Again, you know, we could look at this, I suppose, sectorally and say, Clearly that there are, there are, you know, sectors that have really been hit hard. But there, there's also, it's become very much an employee's market in other sectors. So it's kind of hard to call the labour market, isn't it? it it's completely, you know, this, this is, in my sort of 25 years involved in, in economics, and a lot of that was economic forecasting, there's never been a time where a year from now we could be in a very bad place or we could be in a very good place. The, the range of outcomes here is very difficult, and that's because there's a lot of noise in the numbers, and there's nowhere, nowhere is there more noise than in the labor market. So it's very, you know, the surveys about employment and unemployment were never designed to try and measure what's going on in a pandemic. So there's a lot of uncertainty around all the data there. We do know that hundreds of thousands of people are both unemployed on benefits and having their wages subsidized. So that that is, you know, there's a, there is a real worry about what's happening in the labour market. Um, and as you say, it's, it's, it's different in different sectors. It's a very, very different uh, picture for clearly, you know, those businesses most affected by COVID. Uh, there are other businesses, online businesses, services sectors that, that can do things uh, online. Uh, export, a lot of the exports, the pharmaceutical sector is just stunningly uh, good. So, you know, there, there are very different uh, right. situations in very different parts of the labour market. L- lastly, Dan, can I ask you about inflation? Again, even if we look at it globally, it, clear, it, it seems to be certainly an issue in America. Lots of people talking it down here. But if you look at, you know, three and four ESB price rises in seven months, inflation is with us, is it not? Like, how can it be temporary? Yeah, well, 
Well, look, there's a whole number of factors coming together to push up inflation uh, at the moment. There's a huge debate uh, amongst economists as to whether this is transitory or not. My own, certainly in Europe, US is slightly different, but certainly in Europe and Ireland, I'd be reasonably confident that this is going to be more of a blip than any kind of going back to the 1970s where wages are going to chase prices and we're going to get into, you know, sort of double digit uh, inflation. So I, for the moment, it's not so much, uh, it doesn't worry me that much. But could I just also say, Bobby, I don't want to sound too negative. Negative, but a couple of things positives I'd just like to uh, highlight. We always business like to end on positives, so hit me with them. Good. Well, look, but you know, business confidence seems to have rebounded. One measure puts Irish business confidence at among the strongest in the world, and the other thing is the savings boom. Irish, um, the Irish gross household savings rate during the pandemic jumped more than any other country in Europe. So there, there is billions sitting in bank accounts that people have saved during the pandemic. There is the prospect that that will gush out of those uh, bank accounts and into um, in, into shops and businesses across the country, and we could have a consumer boom. So that's what the, the big up, upside risk. We have the downside risk of, of bankruptcies, but we've got a big upside risk uh, of a huge consumer boom if all those spendings come, uh, savings go, go out and, uh, and are spent. So that's okay. you know, one reason to be upbeat. And listeners can, can read all about your economic al- analysis, Dan, in uh, tomorrow's Sunday Business Post. So thanks for joining us, and it's always get to, good to get your wisdom on these matters. Thank you. 